Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic and a movie from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler. You got Brian here. And Jeff is here as well, as always. Um, this week, we are discussing the 2017 blockbuster <laughs> horror film, It, directed by Andy Machete, with, uh, excuse me, written by Chase Palmer, Carrie Joji Fukunaga, and Gary Doberman, starring Bill Skarsgård, Finn Wolfhard, Jaden Martell, Sophia Lillis, and others. Um, whose movie was this? This is Brian's movie. Brian, why don't you give us a quick synopsis of the film? Sure. Um, small town environment setting, whatever you want to say. Uh, where a, a god, how do I describe this character? A demonic killer clown is terrorizing children. That's yeah. that's kind of the movie. Um, if you want to go more in depth, I'd say it's like a Stranger Things light, where a bunch of kids, <laughs> this movie, <laughs> including one of the main characters of Stranger Things, as being a side character, but. Um, a group of kids is realizing that there is a demonic killer clown attacking children, and they set out to uh, rid the town of the menace. Yeah. Well, I would say that Stranger Things is it. Like, it's, it's just based on it, basically, really. Um, the book comes out in, like, it, like somewhere in the 80s. I'm not, I'm not even sure. Um, well, the first movie came out in the 70s, right? No, I think the the original movie comes out in 1992 or something like that. Um, the one with Tim Curry, uh, and it was a made-for-TV movie. the The novel 1986, um, and then the TV movie came out in 1990. So, um, this is def this definitely predates Stranger Things. So, calling it Stranger Things Light, we're good. I just wanted to make sure I got out in front of that, just in case anyone wanted to get at us on Twitter or something. <laughs> um, yeah, Brian, what made you choose it? Was it just that it was free on Netflix or is there something about this movie that you no, wanted to? No, I, I think I was just looking for something uh, more modern, uh, a little bit more, you know, <laughs> high resolution, uh, you know, and I, I just remember that one being a an extremely popular movie at the time um and so i was like ah let's throw that on I, I know that's more of a modern modern film and it's got a you know scary scary villain and i, I remember seeing it in 2017 and not since and so i was like oh, let's throw that on i can't remember so um i'm glad i did i um i'll save the rest of my judgment for the open comments yeah um cool well what why don't you give us the rotten tomato score before we give our own personal reviews here absolutely uh so it scored very highly uh i would say uh it's got a fresh rating on rotten tomatoes by the critics uh the tomato meter is at 86 percent um which um i think is pretty pretty good yeah that's pretty solid what is the fan like the audience score audience score from over fifty thousand ratings is 84 percent. so i think this one is one of those rare movies where the uh, critics and, and audience uh, are pretty much on par that they think is a, a solid movie. I'd actually say that that's not rare. It's usually actually pretty true. The ones where you see the biggest discrepancies are like typically like big time action blockbusters where like they're popcorn, you know, popcorn flicks for like casual viewers and critics come in and are like, the story wasn't, you know, the plot isn't up to snuff and blah, blah, blah. And they get like all pretentious about it. And then the audience are like, yeah, but it, that's not the, you know, this movie isn't about that. This yeah. movie is about big time action scenes. And, and, and to I be clear, I meant rare as in they're within 2% of each other. Most of these films yeah, that I'm looking at are within like 10% of each other. Um, sure. So for them to be so close to on the nose um, with so many ratings, I, you know, seems like th there's a pretty much a unanimous feeling about this film. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, cool. Well, uh, Brian, since you picked this movie, why don't you go first? Uh, with just my general spoiler filled opinion? No. Well, 
do we want to just jump into spoilers? I'm fine with that. I don't see why not. Sure. Okay. Full spoilers for this movie, any movie, book, or anything that you've ever heard of. Literally. Um, going forward. Literally in the next five minutes, we're going to tell you what you're getting for your birthday. So. Yeah. And we will not hold back. Right. So, we're going to talk anything. about what we think about what you're getting for your birthday, too. Um, spoilers. Cool. Okay. Um, I thought this movie was way scarier in 2017 than what I thought watching it this week. <laughs> Uh, and I was watching it at night too, and I was like, uh, "Man, I, there was something about uh, Pennywise that just wasn't scaring me this time around." Um, I, I I tend to embrace horror films. I, I don't typically jump very often. Um, regardless, they don't really bother me. But I will admit when a when I would find, you know, a villain scary in real life, or um, you know, if, if I just think something's just a high quality, well done villain. And for some reason, Pennywise, uh, was feeling almost non-threatening to me, even in the scenes where they're just kind of like doing a, but he's just doing a bunch of crazy stuff to, to scare, you know, some isolated victim. Um, the stuff that stuff that Pennywise was doing almost felt like there was no consistency and there was no, and it wasn't that scary. Like it wasn't that threatening. Um, the scariest part is when in that very first interaction with Georgie, Pennywise opens his mouth all crazy and rips his arm off. And you're like, oh my God. But then they take, they really tone down the physicality of Pennywise throughout the rest of it. And, and I thought to myself, man, these like kids are giving this thing a run for its money. I just feel like if I ran into Pennywise in a dark alley, I would grab him and body slam his ass. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Pennywise isn't striking me as, as anything physically imposing. Like when I watch Alien and the Alien is just, ripping people in half, you know, the greatest commandos on earth. And, and the alien is just cutting through them like a hot knife. That's butter. aliens. Aliens. Sorry. Um, Pennywise. I was just like, man, I feel like I would just grab this clown and, and ragdoll it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's more of a, uh, you know, like I cornered you and paralyzed you with fear. And then I'm just going to slowly rip your arm off with my mouth or, you know, um, uh, make you fall asleep or whatever he's doing, put him in a trance or whatever. So, um, I don't know. I wasn't finding Pennywise that scary. I was more enjoying the film from a standpoint of the quality of the special effects. Um, you know, and for honestly, uh, Skarsgård's acting in the Pennywise role, um, was very impressive. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to accept that it's just a normal human under that makeup. Cause like he definitely does a great job of like, taking an animalistic approach or like having like, oh, like otherworldly there's like yeah he doesn't like feel not, human yeah, yeah does not right it doesn't Jeff feel like a human with make makeup on it feels like some yeah exactly something otherworldly something something that you have never encountered before and i think he crushed that yeah um, for sure he definitely was good in it jeff i want to hear your opinion because obviously brian and i have seen this movie but you're coming in having not seen this one so i wanted to hear what you thought yeah um, I didn't like this movie. Uh, <laughs> didn't have a problem with this movie. I just didn't enjoy it. I don't enjoy horror. Uh, yeah. Scared me, to be honest. It. I mean, there's a lot of this film that wasn't scary, right? It was a lot of scenes that like the clown's not in. It was very intentional where it was like, okay, something's about to go down. Close your eyes. Um, and in that sense, um, I, I, you know, could watch. It was watchable. Uh, it's definitely scarier than... Um, uh, what was it? we watched for the first time? The, the thing, um, definitely found it harder to watch than the thing. Um, I don't know. I was about on par with descent. I, I didn't like the movie either. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely enjoyed the acting. Um, I thought the score was good. I, I thought that the, uh, the costuming, I mean, the, the film is clearly of a super high quality. Um, and there are parts of it that I did enjoy. The, I thought all the child actors did really well. I thought that Skarsgård was, was really out of this world um with how he took yeah. it and from what i understand they took kind of like uh a joker approach where they had him uh segregated from the cast he wasn't allowed to interact with anyone um from the cast and it actually like fucked with him psychologically because he kept hearing all these reports of all the other cast members becoming like best friends and had literally yeah, like people talked about it on the uh, after the film talking about like on the press tour how uh this was the most film that they had ever the most fun they'd ever had working on a film and he was sitting in a trailer <laughs> literally not allowed to interact with people um 
for Which the entire I think time. Which would totally enhance the Pennywise experience because he's a clown running around sewers by himself. Right. He he definitely committed to it for sure. He understood why, but at the same time, he was like, "Oh yeah, it had a huge effect on him on him mentally." Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it was entertaining. You know, having seen the second one and knowing what happens in the second one um, did nothing for me. This this film still scared me. Um, even though I knew which characters were going to survive. Uh, yeah. You know what? I got to say, it's remarkable how simple something as like him holding a dead stare while drooling a little bit, just like totally makes you lose, like, like you realize that he's unhinged, you know, in that first scene, he's like, I'm, I'm Pennywise. But then he's like, suddenly he'll just like start locking in uh, like a, well, there's that part where he just like, the kid says something like laughs they're laughing and then he just stops laughing and his eye his lazy eye droops a little bit and like the drool falls out of his mouth yeah and he's just sitting there not even breathing yeah and it's like, it, it's, yeah, it really like, feels like a wolf fucked up. yeah it really feels <laughs> like a wolf like staring at its prey like like my dog when she's like locked onto something she holds her breath you know yeah and like does too and she dog. just completely locks in and i was like that's not something that a human will do you know what i mean that's crazy like how he managed to like adopt some of those those little intricacies that just really detach his character from from humanistic you know humanoid whatever um you know actions and i just i I just i noticed the drooling and i thought that's creepy as shit like this dude's not even aware that he's drooling he's just so locked in on what he wants you know i'm very glad that you guys brought this up because it's one of my first notes as well it's just like how good his performance was i actually first became aware of Bill Skarsgård on a Netflix TV series called Hemlock Grove that was not good, but it's about like werewolves and vampires or whatever. And I watched all of it. Um, I don't know why it was like one of Netflix, like first television shows. And I remember thinking that he was really good in that. And I remember like kind of walking onto him as an actor. And then um, he kind of didn't really get into a lot of good stuff for a while. And I didn't know why. And then he got this role, and I was like, "Damn, he must be really hurting for, for perform like you know for something to do if he's like gonna be like this weird clown." And then I saw this movie and was like, "Oh no, no, this is like a career defining performance for him. Actually, like people will remember him forever for doing this because he does he did such a good job." And then um, he has gone on to kind of do sort of interesting characters uh sense um and like he was crow in the eternals the big cgi monster man um that didn't really get a lot of stuff like he went and he was in that role that was his he did the mocap for that which i think is interesting Hmm. um and then he was recently this year in uh, a movie called barbarian that i haven't watched yet but i really want to before this season is over because it's gotten like really good reviews it's on netflix right I, it just hit one of the streaming services. I think it might be on HBO, but um, at any rate, I, I am going to watch it this week, um, but uh, I haven't yet. So I am really interested to see what his career does. I mean, he is from the Skarsgård family, so he's got some success in there. He's got, uh, geez, what's the one that was in uh, the Norseman? Stella Norseman. No, that's, his dad, yeah, obviously Stellar Skateboard is his dad. Stellar um, Skateboard. Stellan Skarsgård. Um, Alexander. Comedy Bang Bang reference. Yes, Alexander. Skarsgård. That's right. That's his brother. Um, Skarsgård family has got some interesting genetics because how the hell did Stellan Skarsgård create the behemoth that is Alexander Skarsgård? And then also this like skinny little like monster man <laughs> that is uh, Bill Skarsgård. I'm not quite sure, but... Um, they're doing something right over there because they're all pretty talented. Um, I think there's another one of them too. But I feel like there's like a Peter Skarsgård. Um, but at any rate, uh, yeah, his performance was really good. Was there anyone else uh, in in their role that you guys were like, wow, this is really gripping me? Anyone else stand out? Um, for me, I think of all the child actors, I think uh, the actor that played Eddie, uh, Jack Dylan Gazer, Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, again, so I, I looked up fun facts for this film afterwards, and there's actually a moment where he's got one-on-one with Pennywise, 
and Pennywise uh, is drooling and he shouts at him in a moment of like pure rage. Um, and Dylan, uh, sorry, Jack Dylan Gazer's reaction to that was so convincing that he started like gagging and crying that um, Skarsgård broke character and was like, I've actually like legitimately terrorized, ter- like terrorized the child. And the child broke character and was like, what are you doing, dude? Like we're fucking acting. Um, Get back into it. That was my best take. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can only do this once. I can't replicate that. You're fucking. Oh, that was the kid with the, uh, the cast cast. on his arm, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's the one from Shazam. Oh yeah. I probably need to rewatch that. Well, he was in this first and then he was like, you know, he kind of got a breakout role in this and then got cast in a couple other things afterwards and hasn't really made good on it. But I think COVID kind of put everybody's career on like a little bit of a pause, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I think that he was really good. He has one of the funniest lines in the film when he's yelling at his mom about the pills that she makes him take because she has, she clearly has Munchausen's by proxy. And he yells, it's bullshit. They're gazebos instead of placebos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I knew it was coming and it still made me laugh. It's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that he's really good. He was kind of a breakout after this. Um, I, uh, yeah, I did... One of the breakouts from this film that I want to talk about is Andy Machete, the director. Um, I thought that the, I think this is like his first like really big budget um, film. He did a movie called Mama, which Brian, I think you watched I've seen recently. It. Yeah, uh, I've seen the movie. Oh no, wait, that I, uh, I think maybe there's a different one. This is not the one I was thinking of. I think this is a this is like a low budget one. Um, at any rate, he did it and it chapter two. And then his next movie is, uh, the flash. Basically he got, he, after doing this, he did, he got the flash and I'm very interested. I like this movie so much. Like, I think it's really, really good. I didn't get to give my, my thoughts on it, but I really like it. Um, and, uh, I really was like really excited about the flash to see what he would do with like an action film, you know, but now I'm like less excited about the flash because of all the bullshit that it's gone through in the last couple months. Um, so now I'm like really worried about it, but, um, we'll see, but I think that he is a talent and I'm excited to, to see where his career takes him. Um, did we want to talk about any parts of the plot or anything like that that interested you guys? Uh, can we just talk about how much of a psycho that bully was? Yeah, he, he, that's in my notes here. I have bullies in the 80s were way crazier. Than yeah, he's like literally kid. carving into his flesh. Like, the, yeah, the big I, kid. I, I, I was like, put casual mutilation. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? Like straight up, are you going to kill that kid? Like, what are you doing? Like, that is not something that you can get away with in bullying. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You're permanently scarring somebody. Bull, I have... Bullies get away with words, probably a little bit of, you know, kicking their ass. But like not cutting into their bodies, so like that's when adults get involved. You know oh, what I mean? Your own name. He was going to carve his yeah, own name exactly. into the kid's flesh. Like, could you think of a worse crime to like, commit? What like, what is wrong with who that? Who did child? that to you? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Probably Henry, the person who carved their own fucking yeah. name into my stomach. Oh, I carved Henry's name into my own body. Yeah, because yeah, I love him. Upside down. <laughs> fucking weird, dude. Yeah, I just that I we just watched Kelly and I just watched something else recently. Um, that had bullies in it, and I was like, like that you know it was based in like the seventies or eighties. Oh, it was um, the Black Phone, a new movie that came out earlier this year with Ethan Hawke. That was actually it was okay, but like it had bullies that were like very similar that were like hunting the kid down and then like in public beating the shit out of him like on the sidewalk as like people walked by. You know, and like nobody stopped them. And I was like, what was the 80s? Like, what was going on in yeah. the 80s in that like, one, people they, they just let kid... this kind of shit happen? Yeah, and this one they have the kid pinned, and then they like the car just like that passes drive by. by. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm not seeing anything. What that actually f- brings me to another one of my notes in that every adult in this main town is the worst person that's ever existed. Like, yeah. Every single adult you meet is an actual nightmare. Like you could b- film your own horror movie just about that one person. You know what I mean? Like the pharmacist is a fucking pedophile. Oh my the God. Dad is like an incestuous pedophile. Oh, you look like Lois Lane. Oh, creepy yeah, the, bro. The mom of Eddie 
is uh, is Munchausen's and like also like the the way that they like made her up is like super <laughs> freaky with like a receding hairline and like blotchy skin. Oh and, like, yeah, super fat and greasy, and it's just like oh my god, everybody in this film is a is a nightmare besides these children. <laughs> um, yeah, every but every adult that like drives by or they interact with is like really gross looking. The fact, it's just very strange. The very fact strange. that their their town it has children's disappearing. It what was it four times the national average, and nobody's talking about that. You know, yeah. Yeah. with more kids disappearing, like Georgie disappears, and, he, and his older brother's the only one trying to figure it out. You know, that is insane. Um. Yeah. I, I do want to po- quickly talk about some other points in this movie. I have some notes here. The opening of this film, I don't know if it's because I recently became a father, but like made me way more sad this time. Like the first time I watched it in 2017. Yeah, with Georgie. I was like, like George, that actor like did such a good job playing like this very cute, innocent kid. kid. Yeah. Um, who just wanted to play with his brother and like wanted to just like chase the boat. Like I was like, following it along and even knowing everything that was coming um i was like dreading it because i didn't want to watch this kid get hurt you know or be scared and uh yeah i don't know it was very affecting to me when he was talking to the clown and he was clearly like scared but like you know trying to be nice and i was like uh this is really hurting my heart like i don't like watching this um so i don't know if that's that um I have a note here that says that uh, I really like Ben, the actor for Ben, whose name I don't have here. Um, he, uh, I thought that he did a really good job of playing sort of like a sad person that my heart went out to. Uh, his name, the actor's name was Jeremy Ray Taylor. Um, I just, I don't know, man, like that, that introduction scene where he's like clearly scared and looking around for the bully and then the girl startles him and he drops his like class project um, and it breaks. And I just was like heartbroken for him, you know, because he's just this little fat boy. <laughs> and I just wanted, I just wanted to tell him like, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. Um, yeah. I thought that that actor did a really good job of kind of making me kind of feel for him. Um, yeah. Did you guys, how did you guys feel about that? Anything? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Definitely. I think they, they really drove home how ostracized each of the individual characters were. I mean, each, each of the character had their each of the characters had their own motivations for joining what they called the, the Losers Club. Um, and I think they really drove home in the first act of that film how ostracized each character felt. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about uh, the, the Rock War? Did you guys have any thoughts about that scene with the Rock War? Any memories get brought back about <laughs> I told about Rock War? Anna goes, did you ever do that when you were a kid? And I was like, oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was like, I remember the day it stopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, immediately, I was like, the moment the kid got hit in the face with the rock, I was like, oh, hey, it's funny that we had Rock Wars when we were kids. And then as soon as someone got hit in the head, it was like, oh, I think we're done doing these. I think we no, it was these. It was that Jeff got hit square in the forehead and then yep. was like, fine, until someone handed him a mirror. And he saw the blood and was like, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? You just walked all the way up to the house, dude. So, so not only did I get a concussion, not only did I have a, a permanent mark in my forehead, now I have to relive it. And it is now recorded forever. You right. mocking me for being Did in you pain. say that you got a concussion? I've been, Probably. I've been mark- no, mocking you. What the for- fuck are you talking yeah, about? I've been mar- mocking you for a uh, pebble thrown from like 10 feet away. It was yeah. a massive dirt clod that punctured skin. And you know what? I want you to know it was me. <laughs> but but at the same time, yeah, I'm mocking you. I've been mocking you for two decades over this one. Like you were not crying because it was of the pain, pretty funny friend. that you were like, I really don't feel anything. And then as yeah. soon as you nice shot, man, saw blood, <laughs> yeah. uh, you started crying. But you were like eight. You were pretty young. But, I mean, um, let's talk about the reality of the situation. How crazy is it that we were all just launching rocks right at each other's faces? <laughs> like, if someone threw a rock at me now, I'd be so pissed off. You know what I mean? Regardless of who's throwing it. I'd be like, what did you just do? You're throwing something that's, like, super hard at me? Like, what's your problem, you know? And those kids are throwing straight up, like, fist-sized rocks at each other. Oh, uh, yeah. 
That is, that is a funny scene when he's like, Rockward! <laughs> Just like going crazy. Um, anyway. Yeah, pretty funny. Um, the only other note I have here is that they said that this movie takes place in October of 1988. But the movie on the TV screen, or I mean on the their TV, sorry, their movie uh, board, whatever, is Batman, which came out in June of 1989. Oh, you know what? I'm just now realizing during the summer. A time jump. October of 1988 is when Georgie went missing. Right. And then they're in the next summer. And then they're in the summer. Damn it. Okay. I'll forgive the movie then. Forgive the movie for not being wrong? Yeah. I'll forgive them. It's okay. Um, Yeah. Did any of you guys have any other notes or anything that you wanted to talk about? Okay. Um, There are a few things that uh, um, were changed from the book. Um, But specifically, there is one thing that I want to point out. Uh, Stephen King is a weird author. He writes weird books and he writes weird things into his books a lot. And some of them are like really weirdly sexual. And there's one scene in particular in the book that was excluded from this movie, mercifully, where after they defeat Pennywise and they're escaping the sewers, Beverly has sex with all of the boys. To ma- and what? like it makes yeah, very weird. She sleeps with every single one of them. Yeah, they have like a weird like gangbang in the sewers. That's fucked up. Weird. Are they right? the same age in the books? Yeah, they're kids. Oh, uh. yeah, really weird. I don't know why he wrote it. Uh, it's been kind of like one of those things for like for such a classic f- book series, book and film series, um, that like people like every time like a new reader reads it, they're like, "Whoa, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> what's I hate up with this? I hate that." So, like, do you think that's why they had so much narrative in the beginning about her being like having that rumor following her? Like maybe that was their way of trying to nod to it without actually committing to that scene. Yeah, I don't really. I don't really know. It's that's um, super gross, dude. That makes me feel dirty about watching this film. <laughs> well, see, like, I think everybody who reads the book is sort of like, what the fuck is this? Like, I remember reading it in high school and being like, what? Okay, what is going on? And I guess the idea is that it's tr- that's them becoming men. Like, there's this, like, there's this, like, through line in the book of, the characters being children and then having to become adults or like growing up. Totally. You know what I mean? Because like, every single like, one of us had a crazy group orgy with our best friends and one female in order to transcend into men. Yeah. Well, like at the, after they defeat Pennywise, they're lost in the sewers in the book. Um, they don't just like miraculously climb out. Um, but it's, yeah, it's still just very, very strange yeah, and sort I, of unforgivable in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I so, hate that so much. Yeah. Um, that that being said, Stephen King was on a lot of cocaine in the eighties. So, you know, maybe he thought it was a good idea at the time, and his editor was like, "Yeah, whatever. You've written a bunch of hits at this point, so you can do whatever you want." Um, I uh, I did kind of want to transition over into our topic. Um, so Brian, why don't you tell us what what the topic is? So I've been kind of going back and forth on this one, but the topic that I've settled on is. Uh, something that came to me while watching this movie. It seems to me that there are films where you have your villain or your antagonist or your monster with a clearly defined power set, um, clearly defined limitations. Um, and then you have movies like this one where it's not clear. It's it, it's a little bit more scattered. It's a little bit more kind of like whatever the director or writer feels like the thing can do, it'll just start doing. Um, Pennywise can do everything from, you know, expand his mouth to uh, taking, you know, metal rods to the head uh, to possessing people like into a trance. He can make things float in the air like suspended. Um and, and shape-shifting and, like, creating... all Like, 
Pennywise has a very confusing set of abilities. And I guess my question to you both is what is more terrifying? A, a monster that you know is, you know, like what, what it can do and that it's capable beyond your abilities or one where it's kind of more ambiguous um, what that monster is able to, to do. To me, as, and I'm talking about as a viewer, not as a victim in the movie. To me, I think there was something that took away from his character, um, you know, in the, you know, the kind of scattershot skill set that Pennywise brings to the table throughout the movie. Because um, I was like, okay, so now you can do that too. Like it was, it was almost detracting from the experience for me. And I was just curious um, about your weigh in on that. So, <clears throat> uh, well, I'll, I'll let Jeff, do you have, do you have thoughts on that first? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I find myself more ter- more uh, terrified by the supernatural than the known. Um, you know, there's so much about the, uh, I think Tyler touched on a little bit yesterday, so much about like this horror mythos that involves this um, undefined qualities, these these unnatural moments or how much time the, the, the villains actually spend off screen actually amplifies the, the terror when they're finally revealed or, or finally strike. Um, yeah, I mean, just personally reflecting back, I think that the ones that terrified me most is someone who actually does get scared by these films. Uh, um, I find them scarier when they are unnatural or supernatural. Yeah, I think that something that is unknowable is definitely scarier than something that has a defined set of parameters. Like, a man is just a man. Like, I'm not afraid of a serial killer, really. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't want to encounter one in my home. But I'm also, like, very aware that it's just a person. And, like, there's a good chance that I can be some sort of physical match to one, right? Um, But if this fucking clown monster that can shapeshift and open its face up into a chainsaw mouth was attacking me like that's a different level of like comprehension that you have to wrap your head around you know what i mean like i understand how a human can move and like how to break an arm or how to punch a face but if the face can turn into anything like can i punch it i think or will it just rip my arm off i think that feels like the obvious answer you know coming in well i wanted to point something out specifically and it's something that you said at the beginning of this, and that's that you found Pennywise less scary this time because you'd already seen it and you knew what it was up to. Like, I think that you knowing what the clown was going to do and how the clown was going to react to certain things actually took the edge off of the film for you. Probably. Because the first time you watched it, you didn't know what was going to happen. Probably. And didn't know how to yeah. defeat it. But this time you were like, I know the kids are going to have are just going to be like, oh, we, if we just aren't afraid of it, if we're brave, we can beat it up with a bat or whatever. You right. Know? But I, I guess for me, like, let's let's put it in context of, you know, um, Halloween with Michael Myers chasing people around. He's a big, physically dominating human being, right? Dead, alive, I don't know, whatever. Um, you know that he's physically imposing and you know that when he gets close to you, you have big problems, right? I understand it's a human, but Michael Myers, like, you know what you're getting, and it's still absolutely terrifying because of what he brings to the table. With Pennywise. I'm not scared of slashers. Like, I, there's a reason I don't really watch slasher movies, and it's, I just, I'm not, like, I feel like I'm less afraid of them because if you can, if they are just human, then, like, I feel like there's a chance I can take them out. Like, I feel like I could. Like, so you I'm feel like you'd have a better chance against Michael solo. Myers than Pennywise. But yeah, definitely. Jeff? Jeff can fight a bear. Of course he can fight Michael Myers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Um, are, so are we saying that the Michael Myers is is the, the human in this situation? Because he's got some pretty inhuman feats. You're, 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 you have to pick you which person to? you're dealing with on the dark Halloween night. Pennywise? Or Michael Myers, who are you who are you picking to try to kill you? Have I seen the films? <laughs> How much knowledge do I have about the characters prior to? Uh, being you have hunted? a general understanding of their abilities. 
Pen- okay, Pennywise well, less so because we don't know what the scope of his Sure, but Pennywise are. we know fails to eat a bunch of children. Michael Myers has never been killed. Like, I, I, if I know, if I'm going in today, if you're telling me, like, starting now I have to be hunted by someone fucking knowing what Pennywise. I know now, fucking Pennywise, yeah. Yeah, give me the clown. <laughs> you guys are tripping. I would cut Michael Myers' head off so quickly dude michael myers would so walk you down in and stab house. you dude they have like 20 <laughs> halloween films the dude is still going yeah you think other people didn't try to do what you're talking about have you guys seen a single one of them one i've seen one bro i'm saying just shotgun blast to the face and let's see him get up from that okay you, know you have a shotgun in your house in no the i'm pretty sure we <laughs> but... see uh, what's her face Carrying a shotgun in the trailers of the newest Halloween film. like, And you haven't seen it, so you don't know if he makes it through. I'm going to just Google. Can Michael Myers I will tell you straight up, monster? he dies at the end of this of this most recent film. Yeah. Um, There's, I, I'm just saying, like, being fully aware. I agree. And seeing this movie before definitely took a little bit of an edge off because I knew what to expect. I knew that all the kids survived, mm, blah, 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 blah. So the knowable nature makes it less scary. <laughs> but here's the thing. I still don't understand Pennywise's power set, and it kind of detracts from him because I'm like, so, so we, you're just you're just scary. Is that what it is? Like the director can just make you as scary as they want, and there's no limitations. There's no rules around your characters what your character can or can't do. Michael so Myers doesn't the, just start flying around like he has a, he has limitations. Like there's there's I will say that in the book, the way that they defeat Pennywise is less of a physical alter, altercation. It's more of a ritual uh, where they contact an otherworldly presence called like I can't remember. It's like a giant turtle. Dormammu. It's in space. Dormammu. Yeah, I've come to bargain. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's a it's like a turtle. Um, that is like it's like God, Stephen King's God. I hey, we we I, just we just got done with our orgy. Can you help us get rid of this killer clown? No, it's before, it's pre orgy. Um, oh, but they contact the turtle, and then the turtle helps them do this ritual that banishes the clown so it's like more of a it's less of a physical altercation but pennywise's power set is that he will do whatever he can to to scare you and then once he's extracted all of your fear fed on all of your fear then he will kill you right so that's like what he does so he can transform and do anything to elicit fear from you but my thought while watching this movie is I think the most unbelievable part is that he's not just killing these kids. Like, why is he continuing to torture them, but killing other ones, like, immediately? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, there's a couple of times where it's like, why didn't you just kill that guy? What are you doing? And the reasoning is we need the characters to, to survive for the story to continue, right? Like, you, that's every story. You have to do it that way. In reality, if there was some sort of demonic presence like this, it probably would just kill all these kids and there would be no stopping it. But you need the story to have, like, you know. A resolution so um that's not how things work i will say pennywise and his shape-shifting abilities uh make him way more of a threat than michael myers or jason or even freddie um because i mean you see that part where he like they're fighting him in the dungeon well and he's like turning into lobster claws and he's got big ass werewolf hands and shit like how are you contending with that versus michael my like like whereas michael myers is just a big man with a knife you know you don't think that you're armed with a baseball bat or like a stick like i could like grab my guitar off the wall and i got an extra three and a half feet of distance between me and that man and i'm swinging things around you know what i mean no matter how strong he is he's not catching a full-on baseball swing of my guitar to we see we, I think you're overestimating your abilities, but I wait. I'm, I think you're overestimating his strength. He's not we, like a. He's not fucking half Thor. He's not like this bodybuilder who can just catch a full swing. You we, know what I mean? You yeah. stand there and let me swing a baseball bat at my head, at your head, and you try to catch it and block it from hurting you. It's gonna damage you. I'm sorry. Like I'm. It's we gonna see hurt. Pennywise grow to. 20 feet tall in that room. Why didn't he just do that at the end fight and crush everybody? Like it, it, it hints to some form of limitation. Like that's just a projection of himself or something to that effect to where he actually can't physically affect you with it. You know, I think he's just trying to scare them at that moment because that's how he feeds. 
right? Like he's not trying to kill them. He needs to scare them because he lives off their fear. Yeah. Right. So I think he's trying to extract the fear there. Uh, and he's so confident in his abilities that he thinks that uh, there's no way the kids can beat him. But once the kids are no longer scared of him because there's their strength in numbers or whatever, that's how he defeats them. I don't know. I think that really in like you're telling me that. I mean, if we're bringing this back to like the unknowable nature or like the clearly defined rules versus like the, the non-defined weren't you scared of the watcher because you didn't know if there was like a supernatural element to it or like what was going on with it? Like, didn't you feel like that was, sorry, the movie or sorry, the Netflix series, the watcher that just came right, out, right, um, right. which I didn't like actually. No, I, it, it fell off at the end big time. Oh, it fell off after episode one for me. Episode one was <laughs> weird. And then every single episode after I, I think I only watched the first two and then I was like, all right, I'm done. And Kelly watched the rest of it by herself. Um, I think that the scariest part of it was that it was an unknown. It was like, is there like, what is, is there like some sort of presence? Like what is going on? Is this some sort of Lovecraftian horror where like the house has some sort of spirit energy? Um, what is going on here? But once it was just like, sort of like probably just a man, you know what I mean? Probably just a disgruntled neighbor. I was sort of like, I don't care. And I do know how it ends, but. I also read the story and was like, okay, it's just somebody fucking with another person. I don't get it. This isn't creepy anymore. Um, I think that there is something to that unknown aspect that is the scariest part, right? I think that once you know, like serial killers lose their power once we see their face, right? Like I'm not afraid of Jeffrey Dahmer, but if there was just like a serial killer in Wisconsin, I would probably avoid going to Wisconsin, you know what I mean? I think that's my argument for these movie villains, though, is that a lot of them are scary despite you knowing full well what they're capable of. They're still like, oh, shit, this thing, like, if I ran into this guy on a dark night, I would not be happy. Pennywise, I, I don't know. I, I still just get this sense that, like... You would be happy. You'd be like, hey, you want to go get like, a beer? Fuck. It's so good to see you, bud. Yes! Pennywise, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, I, I don't know. There's just something about... Uh, the fact that he seems like he has all these powers and yet he's incapable of, you know, succeeding against a, a group of children that makes me go, I feel, I feel like he would turn into a 20 foot tall version of himself and I'd be like, so, here? so Pennywise versus the assassin from No Country for Old Men. Which one would you rather face? Isn't he the guy walking around with the air yeah. compressor yeah. thing? Uh, the air. That guy's terrifying. <laughs> Although I would grab that tank and beat him to death with it. Yeah, I'm not afraid of Javier Bardem. Um, he's he's more of a catchy by surprise guy. Here's know? the thing. I know for a fact that if I kick Michael Myers in the nuts, he's doubling over. I don't I know don't for a know fact that, that the It Clown has nuts. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I think Michael Myers would tank that shit and just stare at you creepily before stabbing you to death. No, I don't think so. I think I could take him. I'm not afraid of him. I'm not afraid of a man. Okay, so just to be clear... Uh, Jeff thinks he can fight a bear in a hand-to-hand solo, and Tyler thinks he can solo Michael uh, Mike Myers. And you and think you Brian can fight a thinks he can kill an other dim- an extra-dimensional god that clown. that lost a fight to a bunch of children. Yeah, I do think that. I, I do. do. All right, we can wrap it there. Um, let us know who you think is the most delusional. Write <laughs> <laughs> in and tell us who you All think is the most three. delusional. <laughs> um, Brian, let's talk about uh, House of the Dragon. Jeff, how far into House of the Dragon did you get before you quit? Um, I didn't get very far. Spoilers. I uh, I got to the scene where uh, oh, I, the last thing I saw was the wedding between uh the two houses where Kristen Cole bashes that dude's face in. Um, okay. That was the last thing I watched. Cool. Brian, um, oh, full spoilers for House of the Dragon. Um, Brian, hmm. how are you feeling about this show after the finale? It got better as it went along. Um, I was coming into work every Monday morning talking to my coworker who's been watching it and saying, I think I'm going to need some dragon fights. I'm going to need some full-on dragon battles. It's where we're heading. Uh, please just give me dragon battles. And we got 
sort of one at the very, very end. Um, and I don't know. I, I think the show itself got better even without that. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping season two is just full of dragons murdering each other. And Once it settled into a cast of characters and stopped doing the time jumps, it sort of it got gave better. me a position to, or an ability to kind of like, yeah, put your arms around like characters. Picking characters that right. I liked. You know what right. I mean? Because like when characters were changing and actors are changing every episode, I was sort of like, I don't understand. Like, how am I supposed to like build up a connection to any of these people? They keep changing on me, you know? Right. Um, right. And- it, there's something about um, antagonists that are willing to get their hands dirty that helps me accept them as a character. Uh, more or not hate them uh, early in the show it was uh, Damon dude was an asshole but he was also willing to be the first guy in the fight um, and and now that it's it's the greens side kid uh, Amond or whatever who like if he's got a problem with you he's gonna come straight he's at challenging you, you yeah like when he when wants that fight in the original show when Joffrey was you know all bluster and no bite like I'm like this guy's just a little bitch. Fuck him. I don't like him. Um, but when Aemond is like straight up, like I'm gonna come kick your ass, or like let's go out and fight sparring pit. I'm like, I can appreciate that. Like you can be a dick if you're willing to back that up yourself. Then I won't look as as down on you. You know, I'm like, okay, maybe it's just a difference of opinion, or maybe maybe you are bad, but at least I can respect that you're willing to handle it yourself um, instead of being a coward too. You know what I mean? So it's funny that I've, I've kind of got my arms around Damon now. I think everyone has, um, you know, I think he still feels like an antagonist to me, which is interesting because he's yeah. on the side that I'm rooting for, but he right. still feels like an antagonist. He's like a wild card on that side. Yeah. It's, it's hard to like, accept that he's a, he's a protagonist for sure. Um, but then Eamon on the other side where I'm like, I don't know. Like I, I, I think I'm getting one on each side and it's, it's making it so that I, I could go either way with my allegiance in that, in that show right now. Um, to be honest, because I, you know, I, I would have no problem rooting for either one of those guys. Yeah, it's funny that they look exactly the same. But they yeah. look, like I'm like it's. I kind of hate that they're we're only following Targaryens because everybody's just got white hair and I don't know who's who. And you know, Daenerys was kind of cool because she was like the only character with the white hair, you know. But now they all like every character in the show pretty much has it. Um, I'm really hoping hoping. I, okay, so I will say I echo your sentiments, Brian. Like, I do think that the series got better in the end. Like, I really – I ended up in the last couple episodes kind of being like, okay, I'm, like, settling into this. There's less time jumps. I'm appreciating this more. Um, I'm latching onto characters. And I'm starting to find people to root for. Um, I still feel like this season was ultimately um, disappointing. Um, I – yeah, I don't – it definitely looks better and like the acting is probably better than the original series. Right. I, th- I think it visually is stunning. Like it looks amazing. Yeah. absolutely. Um, but the, the thing is like, that's not what I came to game of Thrones for. Right. I came to game of Thrones for like this story. And I feel like the plot was underserved by like this, like speed ramping that they did and this timeline compression that they did. Um, I found it very frustrating and overall uh, was disappointed at the end. I also feel like the um, the big action set piece that we get at the end of the, the final episode, which I don't really want to spoil um, for Jeff because it was relatively shocking. I feel like it had a lot of buildup and then it just like happened and then the episode ended and it was just sort of like, uh, okay. Like, you don't want to get, you know, we get Ned Stark's beheading in the second to last episode, and then we get an episode where all the characters react to it, and then they set the stage for next season, so they tell you where everyone's going to be at the beginning of the next season, right? And I really like that they they did that in Game of Thrones. They give you that big, big moment in the penultimate episode, and then they give you the come down from that, or the aftermath of that in the finale, and then you that kind of gives you, like, kind of a breath. You know what I mean? It allows you to like inhale after the the big exhale, right? Um, this it's just sort of like okay, here's the big thing, and then it's like next season we get to see the reactions, and I I just sort of don't want to wait for all of that. I feel like it's frustrating or dumb. I don't know. It's like a cliffhanger, and I don't really like cliffhanger stuff like that. Um, 
overall, I probably I'll, I'll you know I'll watch season two. I'll yeah. probably stick with it because it is good enough. I was just like, starting to get to the point where like I was looking forward to episodes rather than feeling like they were a chore that I just didn't want to miss, but at the same time wasn't like super thrilled about. Rings of Power towards like throughout most of the season, actually, I'll say I, I liked it straight up from the beginning, but. Um, with Rings of Power, like I was like every week, like hell yeah, it's Friday. My one big thing yeah. I want to watch tonight is Rings of Power. I mean, yeah. on 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 uh, the Game of Thrones. Maybe part of it is because it was on Sundays and that's football for me. But you know, it was like the second or third thing I was excited about during the day, and it was more like I'm just going to watch this so that I I can talk about it tomorrow morning. But um, currently not thrilled. And then towards the end, I was starting to go, oh cool, let's 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 watch what happens in the next episode because they really started to like you said settle into certain characters and, and, and certain plot lines that they weren't jumping ahead of. Yeah. I mean, I'll say like, I, I've been watching game of Thrones, but the show that I have been prioritizing, just like I used to prioritize rings of power is Andor, which I think is fucking killing it. Yeah. Really good. Probably one of the best shows on TV or like, you know, whatever streaming or yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very, very, very good. I have not watched this week's episode. Um, but I uh, I am very I am liking it a lot, um, and I do want to quickly say before we get away from House of the Dragon, uh, I think we can wrap it up. But I do want to say, for all the negatives that I'm giving, and like saying out loud, like this is not a bad show. No, it's just not hitting in the way that I wanted it to. Um, it's still better than like a lot of TV that's out there, and I will stick with it. Um, I just I guess I I wanted something different than what we're getting and uh, you know we'll we'll see what happens um like i said i'll stick through into season two um hopefully they don't do the timeline compression that they've been doing and we get more of a drawn out um character focused uh series going forward um and then i can kind of view season one as more of like a prequel uh sort of situation but um it felt like a season of previously on house of the dragon every episode just felt like it was like giving us like quick little bits of like things that happen in people's lives um and uh i found that very frustrating for the first eight episodes and then episodes nine and ten i was like okay this is what i've been looking for i want this i want these characters like settling into each other like you know we know who these people are um and there's drama that makes sense now um so anyway um, and yeah, and hopefully in the next season they get a better budget for action because I definitely didn't feel like this season had enough action in it. Um, cool. Do we want to move on to a to a what's clever? Sure thing. Jeff, what have you been watching, reading, and listening to? Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, this week I've donated to video game more than anything. Um, I will say. Uh, Started watching a comfort show, uh, probably my one of my favorite shows ever produced, uh, Newsroom, the HBO uh, TV show about, uh, yeah, political um, uh, television. Um, I don't know, fantastic show, one of my favorite things, and uh, got my girlfriend into it, and so we're watching like an episode or two a night. We're almost done with season one. Um, do you guys do a watch party? Because you're in different locations, so do you like, you know, you can like do like start a watch party, quote unquote. Not like through any official capacity. Uh, you I mean, just sync up their press play. Yeah, or whatever. Basically, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but a lot of my free time has been spent playing Gotham Knights. It was my roommate's birthday a couple weeks back, so I bought him Gotham Knights. I uh, bought myself a copy, and he and I have been playing through the story mode um, on that. What would you give it out of uh, five stars? I'd probably out of five stars, probably a three. Um, mm-hmm. Not that it's bad. It's just uh, it's very different from the art gameplay. They changed some core character or some core um, uh, components that I really, really enjoyed that I think would have enhanced this gameplay. But I understood the need to differentiate. I, I think that so much of their effort went into making each of the four playable characters so unique that each one of them doesn't feel fully rounded each one of them only has like three to four gimmicks that separates them um and it really feels like some of them should be shared by a greater variety of the party there's not enough that they have in common as like a core skill set and then there's also not enough differentiation it just feels like um honestly the game could could be more 
Um, yeah, but it is very fun to run around. I think my the highlight of the games for me is the the what they call the predator missions in the original Arkham games of like actively coordinating of saying, okay, I'm gonna take this guy on the east side. I'm gonna mark your target. I want you to take him out. Oh look, he's open. Go to him. Okay, let's let's sync up and do this again. Oh, there's like a collaborative aspect to it now yeah. if you're playing with each other. Yes, mm, which that is, fun. is cool. Um, or being your... like, oh, that big guy that you're fighting, I actually have attacks that are more effective against him. Let's switch. And then you guys. Who's like... your character that you're playing so, with most predominantly? Is so it who I would expect? I play as Nightwing and Batgirl. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and and Eric oh, plays and Batgirl. As, yeah, like and Batgirl? Eric plays as Jason Todd and and Tim Drake. Um, is Damien in it? Damien is not in it. Mm. That's okay. Um, is is uh, is Larry in it? Who the hell's Damien? Damien, Damien is... Wayne is Bruce Wayne's son with the Talia Robin. Al Ghul, and he's the current Robin. What, what about Larry Wayne? Is Larry Wayne in it? Uh, yeah, he is. Um, I did watch Rosaline, Rosaline, Rosaline on Hulu, and it was fine. It, you know, it was like a fun rom com. You know, it was it was good. I guess you know, funny enough. But not like, you know, didn't blow my mind or anything. Brian, have you watched it yet? Entertaining enough. Uh, no, I don't even know what it is. The, it's a rom-com. The, my favorite part about it was like the amount of like Gen Z representation that they had. Or like the messenger. Every time the messenger was on screen, I was cracking up. Oh, is this the Shakespeare thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, he was, he was, yeah, it was funny enough. I, you know, I, I thought it was, thought it was entertaining. Um, I, uh. I watched The Watcher, Brian. I'm, I'm getting into what I, I watched, by the way. <laughs> My turn. Um, I watched The Watcher. Didn't like it. I already said that. I watched Gremlins. Pretty fun 80s film. I never watched it growing up because the only thing I knew about it was that my dad watched it when it came out in theaters and it freaked him out so much that he refused to ever watch it again. So I thought it would be too scary for me. I don't know how that movie possibly scared our father. It is basically a comedy. <laughs> it's not scary at, at all. Um, I watched the movie Slither, directed by James Gunn, his first major motion picture that wasn't a trauma film. Quick news on James Gunn. He has been tapped to fill the Kevin Feige role for DC. So basically the overarching uh, pr executive producer of all of the films. Um, for those who don't know what Kevin Feige does, he sort of is the story editor showrunner of the marvel cinematic universe he basically figures out how all of the different episodes quote unquote um of each mcu film fits into this massive overarching storyline that they're trying to tell across the phases or seasons if you're comparing it to uh, a tv show um so they have been looking for someone to fill that that role um, for a very long time and they've tapped James Gunn to be the person to do that um, which I'm actually excited about I like James Gunn quite a lot I think he's really good and I think he's kind of the the voice that DC needs um, and I think that one of the important things that DC has been missing is they keep tapping like uh, how do I put this like entertainment business executives rather than entertainment fans to be the the people in charge of it so they've been treating it more as a business rather than like a uh, a story and kevin feige is nothing if not a massive comic book fan and james gunn similarly is a huge comic book fan um and entertainment fan in general so i think it's definitely the right step uh for them to take and it's exciting uh I also watched the movie Green Room with uh, who plays John Luke Picard and Professor X. What's that actor's name? Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Very good. About a bunch of Nazis fighting a punk band. Uh, pretty tense. Um, I watched the new Hellraiser on Hulu. Didn't like it. I watched the movie The Invitation. Uh, Jesus. It was okay. Uh I watched the movie School for Good and Evil on Netflix. It was fine. Not for me. Definitely a young adult version of Harry Potter. Whatever. It was whatever. Definitely not for me, but it was fine. I watched the movie Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, still good. I watched 
Rurouni Kenshin, uh, the beginning and origin, the first two of the trilogy. Uh, it's a Japanese film based on a anime and a manga. Uh, this was the live action version. I liked it pretty good enough to watch both of those two. I watched The Witch, which is by Robert Eggers, uh, the guy who did The Northman. Uh, really liked it. And uh, Cabinet of Curiosities by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, it's a new series on Netflix. It's like an anthology series of short films. Uh, highly recommend it. I've only watched the first two, um, but they're very good. Uh, so, Brian, I that's my recommendation to you. I think that you would like it. Just really looked good. at that last night. Probably will. Check it out. Yeah, you should check it out. And then I also listened to uh, the new album by Taylor Swift called Midnight's, and it's just fine. On to you, Brian. <laughs> what have you been doing? <laughs> uh first off anthology means it's like like standalone it, episodes in the same that's right series, yeah right? they're not connected right but okay. by any like major right. line. self-contained storyline so far is that they're very inspired by um cthulhu mythos like lovecraftian oh, style cool. horror cool. Like which that. is cool mm-hmm. um yeah and so i i guess the idea is that it's like Guillermo del Toro kind of was like the showrunner on all of it. And, but like each episode is directed by an up and coming horror director that he likes. So he gets, so like one of them is by like the girl who did the Baba Duke from Australia mm. um, and like some Spanish and Mexican uh, horror directors and stuff like that. So up and coming people that he likes. So he gave them these stories to direct. And uh, so far the first two have both been very good. Um, I really like them. So uh, yeah, Brian, on to you. Yeah, my list ain't anywhere near that long. Uh, I was going to say I uh, heard Je- Jeff, um, Jeff's roommate and I have all been playing No Man's Sky pretty regularly. That's been mentioned prior, but um, during a, a playthrough, they were talking about new episodes of Rick and Morty, and, and I was just like, man, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about the show. I've tried it like twice and, and have never got my arms around it, so let's try it again. Uh so we're now like four or five episodes in and I still feel the same way. So uh, for you, huh? just not for me. Something about the, the grandpa, uh, Rick, is just annoying. Like he's just like constantly acting drunk even when he's not. And he just says Morty after every sentence. And I don't know. It, it's There's funny parts, but for the most part, I'm like, what the hell's happening? Um, Dragon Ball on Hulu as well. Uh, I've been throwing that on as like a fall asleep to show. Um, wow. I can't believe the kind of stuff that they put into cartoons back then. Like he literally is like, like I know that Goku's a naive kid from an alien world, but like he's like literally is like pulls up Bulma's skirt at one point and starts like smacking her private parts. And it's like, where are your balls? And like weird shit like that. That I was like, I can't believe this exists, you know? But anyway, uh, 80s were different, or 80s, early, early 90s, whatever. Uh, we're a different time. Um, been been throwing that on. Just kind of cool to be back in the universe. Although uh, I am kind of getting sick of it being a Japanese uh, and reading the subtitles. Um, so hopefully that switches to English at some point. Um, I wrote down No Man's Sky. Just awesome game. Just going to keep recommending that as long as I'm playing. I feel like it's got so much stuff to do that you know it's it's keeping me uh, keeping me interested. And then last thing, uh, been crushing through Man in the High Castle. Um, I had seen season one when it first came out. Yeah, and I really liked it. And that thought it was really good. Uh, fell off. I don't know if it just took them a long time to come out with season two or what the deal was, but I remember falling off and not even thinking about it for years. And then recently was like, ah, let's throw that on. It, it, we're, we're also planning to try, um, what's the Robert, uh, Eye of the World? Uh, what's that series called? Robert, Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time. There you go. We're also planning to throw that on at some point here, but we went with Man in the High Castle first. Uh, we're into season two now, still really enjoying it. Jeff's warning me that the quality drops uh, over the course of the show, but um, I'm hoping that it'll, you know, at least stay decent enough to get through the entire storyline because I've got so many questions right now that, uh, you know, I want answered. So I'm really enjoying that at the moment. Man in the High Castle on Amazon. Um, and that's that's it for me. Cool. I do quickly want to say I've been on leave for the last two weeks uh, taking care of my son while my wife went back to work. So that's why I had enough time to watch all of these uh, films lately because he spends a lot of time uh, sleeping in my arms. So I just put a movie on my phone with my headphones in and just like watch it all the way through while he sleeps. So that's how I've been watching so many things. But 
Yeah. Um, so we, Jeff, you are getting to pick the topic of movies that we watch for our next season. What have you chosen to make us uh, exist inside of for the next three weeks? The topic that I chose was something that was firmly outside of our normal comfort zone. I'm going to go with musicals. Okay. Well, um, with that in mind, I'm going to um, keep you on the horror train a little bit longer. And I'm going to make you guys watch a movie called The Little Shop of Horrors. Um, it's a classic. It's, it's a, a musical very, horror movie. It's a musical horror comedy. It's it's more funny than it is. It's not scary, actually, at all. Um, so I will uh, expect you guys to watch that. So join us next week to hear us talk about Little Shop of Horrors from 1986. God damn it. It's a musical from the 80s. This is my waking nightmare. <laughs> Oh it's it's good. Fuck off. You know what, Brian? You're going to have a baby any day now, and you're not going to be expected to be on the podcast for a couple weeks. So this is probably just going to be Jeff and I throwing musicals at each other for a couple weeks. So, you know, just just hope that that baby comes soon. Um, <laughs> calm down. I want the baby to come today now. <laughs> any day now. Um, all right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Clever Kids Podcast. If you want more from us, be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Clever Kids Pod everywhere. Or you can get in touch with us at cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to rate us on whatever app you're listening on and recommend us to a friend. We really appreciate it. Or don't. Whatever's clever. <laughs> <laughs>